The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. Hey, Rockheads, stop shaking your shamrocks and listen up. It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is Lawrence Ryan announcing show number 532, Stories from the Dallas Gift Camp, recorded live Saturday, January 16th, 2010. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter, and now offering SharePoint 2007 video training with Sahil Malik on DVD, DNR TV style. Order your copy now at www.franklins.net. Support is also provided by Telera, combining the best in Windows forms and ASP.NET controls with first-class customer service. Online at www.telerik.com. And by Grape City Data Dynamics. Makers of ActiveReports.net, simple, powerful, and cost-effective reporting for Windows Forms and ASP.NET web applications. Online at www.datadynamics.com. And now, the man who ran to the can after a bowl of bran, Carl Franklin. Thank you very much, and welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin here in New London, Connecticut, home of uh, Hannafin's Public House. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what it's home to. <laughs> well, it's coming up on uh, uh, on St. Patty's Day, so I guess you're a little fixated. I am a little fixated. Doing some great music, some traditional Irish and American music, Sunday nights just in the back pub with uh, back of the pub. No microphones, no nothing, just sitting, having a session in the round, you know? Nice. Yeah, I'm, we're we're taking it on the road too. We're going to Ireland this summer, and we're going to do a little pub tour, just like that. That sounds like fun. Some mandolin, some guitar, some singing, three part harmony, of and lots. Well, lots of Irish whiskey. Well, yes, yeah, lots yeah. of Irish whiskey. Well, maybe not lots, but oh no, lots. Some and a few pints of Guinness, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, man, this is an interesting show. Um, I didn't really have anything to do with this. Uh, this is your deal. Tell me, tell me what how, how this all came out. Well, you know, we get a lot of invitations right. to, to code camps and other events. And w- some we can accept and some we can't. I mean, scheduling is always a challenge. Right. And this past January, January 2010, I had an opportunity to go to the Dallas Give Camp. That's right. And and it was offered to you as well, but there was no way you could make I couldn't it. Make so it. I said I'd come and help out just to be there. And I brought a little recording rig along to sort of collect the stories. I'd never been to a Give Camp before. And they're they're pretty new. 
And so this was, uh, I've got a set of stories here just trying to under, I wanted to get in my head how a give camp works. What is a give camp? Well, they're really different than a code camp. They're a lot more complicated. They, they are groups of developers uh, building code for charities over a long weekend, essentially. But let me let me get you to the first recording here because Chris uh, Koenig is the guy who who pretty much invented these things. Okay, well let's hear it right from him. I'm sitting with Chris Koenig, and you do your very best to not be at the center of this event. But I think you started it, didn't you? This was originally an idea that I came up with three years ago now, when a bunch of us Microsofties were sitting around trying to figure out what kinds of things we wanted to do that year that would make an impact to our local community. We were trying to drive some very specific perceptions about Microsoft. Right. And we said, wow, you know, developers work all day writing software. When they get home, they write software. Yeah. When they have free time on vacation or on the weekends, and I even met a guy who does this on a cruise, they write software. Yeah. You know, we're maybe not so good at taping and floating or hanging shingles or putting up chain link fence. Yeah. But we know how to write code. Yeah. So how do we capture that passion for software and turn it towards the community to provide some value? Well, the the work I'd done with charities in the past, any money that they have, especially the smaller local ones, they never have money to spend on IT. No, no. If they're trying to get every dollar they can out to whatever it is that they're supporting, right? every penny spent on on administration infrastructure is, in theory, lost money. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the person that's their IT person is usually the last person who got the new computer. That's right. right. Whoever has the fastest machine. So we figured if we could figure out a way to get developers involved in, with their local charities, um, we would have something that people could rally around get really emotionally invested in and would be willing to donate their time. Right. So the very first event was was right here in Dallas and it was called the We Are Microsoft Charity Challenge Weekend. I had mentioned a couple of these different ideas I had to some of my user group leaders in town and Toy Wright who runs the ASP.net user group here she said I have a particular passion around charities. I love this idea. I'd love to take it and run with it. So she ran the first ever event called We Are Microsoft. We had 18 charities, about 100 developers uh, over the course of a weekend, and it was amazing to see the impact that just giving your time like this had on the participants, hmm. not to mention how amazed the charities were that, you know, that they could actually get some help for some of the things that they wanted to do. And just kind of blossom from there. Now, realistically, what are these developers doing in a weekend for the charities? The original goal was, you know, we had this kind of uh, this plan laid out that said, you're going to get five web pages, a CSS, and a custom logo, you know, right. that kind of thing. Um, but what we've learned over time is that, you know, it, it, when when given very little bounds, developers love to stretch their development muscle and show how uh, innovative and clever they can be in building systems. Mm -hmm. The challenge is the IT staff at the charity either is woefully inadequate to manage it or just there isn't one at Does, all. Doesn't to, exist at doesn't all. Doesn't exist. Yeah. So last year we started partnering with a couple of local companies um, that have uh, content management systems, uh, companies like uh, Telligent uh, with their, at the time, their graffiti product. Right, right. And uh, Telerik, 
who continues to be a sponsor with their Sitefinity product. Mm-hmm. And we started working with them to get them to donate licenses and to provide some training, training for developers about how to, you know, the crash course style. Here's an, half an hour on, on Sitefinity so that tomorrow you can build out this system. And then end user training for a couple of hours about how to create content, how to create keywords, what a keyword is, right. how do you change the theme. And by using these content management systems, rather than custom code from scratch, um, the, the charities are more able to pick up and add content. You know, Monday morning rolls around, the, the event's over, they realize there's a something missing from one of their pages. Right. Rather than call a developer, they go into the admin console, go edit that post, make the spelling change or add the extra verbiage, and they're done. And not everyone's doing CMS sites, but for the most part, that's the main thing. It's just getting core sites working for these guys. That's the main thing. Not every problem that these charities have uh, will be solved by a, a, a CMS. Right. But now we have six or seven that we recommend and two or three that we partner directly with that that's a great kickstart for i would say probably 70 to 75 percent of the needs that we find um from the the charities that that end up applying now you started this three years ago uh givecamp.org is sort of the website that hubs all this but it's much larger than just dallas right so after this first event here in dallas we realized we had something special Mm -hmm. and we were concerned that if we left the title as we are Microsoft, that it was going to draw a particular type of crowd. It was going to turn into an extension of user groups, of right. .NET user groups. So we were talking about it within our team, and it was it was actually uh, the guy I was working for at the time, Sam Henry, who mentioned, you know, uh, you ought to think of something like a charity camp or a give camp or something like that that, that doesn't speak to a specific technology right. uh, that could be more broadly accepted. And I bet this grows all over the U.S. So I said, hey, you know, give camp sounds good. We grabbed hold of that. Uh, Jennifer Marsman, who's the uh, developer evangelist up in Detroit, mm-hmm. uh, she works out of Ann Arbor. She heard about our success down here. She said, love the idea. I'd like to do one. Can you and Toy help me figure out how to make this happen? She got her community hooked on it. Now I think they've had six or seven different events up in in uh, the, the Michigan area, in Ohio, in Nashville. And since then, Give, Give Camp itself uh, has grown to um, – we're, we're now talking with people in Seattle and in Los Angeles and Phoenix and Boston and New York and Philadelphia and you know, other different cities in Florida. Uh, it's, it's just – it's going crazy. They're all over the place now, and it's very exciting to see how many people are passionate about doing something like this. Wow, that sounds like an incredible thing. It sounds a lot. You remember when we did that thing in New York where um, it was a, a sort of a SharePoint lost weekend or something like that? Oh, yeah, like SharePoint's that. lost in New York. Lost thing, in New York, yeah. Where those guys worked like round the clock on their SharePoint sites. It was crazy. And you're exactly right, except this was big. This was 100 people plus all the support teams. It was 100 developers. We had maybe 15 or so there in New right. York. But so... I, I just can't imagine, you know, it's like herding cats. Well, I think people are very self-starting. The, the charities are there too, right? So you mentioned each team is five developers, two or three folks from the charity, and they're all sort of huddled in their groups. They each get a little uh, cube space and somewhere in, in offices to sit together and to talk through what they're doing. They're, they're filling up whiteboards. And that, that first day on Friday was really the scramble of, of people getting planning everything out. There was a, a lot to plan out there. Yeah. And then... 
in addition to that, there was the the infrastructure team. There was a whole raft of volunteers. Uh, there was lots of swag and things to give away and to feed everybody and just moving supplies around. I mean, we took over this office for the weekend. Now, let's hear Chris talk a little bit more about some of the logistical challenges. And the core model here is teams of developers. And do they have to be a preset team or you put them into teams? Well, it's, it's frankly easier on everybody if they kind of come with their own teams. Right. We, have a, we have a couple of, of consulting firms that bring in a team, four or five or six people. Mm -hmm. But we will place individuals on teams. Right. I think about three or four of the teams this year in Dallas were just random individuals that said they wanted to participate. And based on their skills and their skill levels, uh, we put them together onto a, onto a team so they could, could work together. That's interesting. And then, of course, the other side of this is the charities. Where do the charities come from? Well, you know, it's getting easier here to find them because this has been around for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, but since Toy uh, had been very involved in the local charity scene here in Dallas, she was familiar with a, an organization called the Volunteer Center of North Texas. Mm -hmm. That's a registration point for volunteers for, I think it's about 2,500 charities across the northern area of Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth, and up uh, towards Oklahoma. So she partnered with them, had some contacts over there, and they have a monthly mailer that goes out. She put a, uh, a blurb in one of the mailers that said, hey, we're building this uh, charity event around um, building websites for local charities. If you're interested, here's a URL. Go pick up one of these um, a requirements document or a, mm -hmm. a, you know, a proposal is really what it is. Here's a proposal. Fill it out and send it to us. That very first year, we got about 65 submissions for the event and we were just overwhelmed right we well i don't know we're going to be able to support that well i think this is very interesting i think you're plugging into developers enjoyment of that push of they're staying all night you slept in a tent last night <laughs> in the building i i bring my tent yep um it's it's kind of fun. You know, the Friday night you usually get two or three people who kind of work all night. Right. Maybe they're trying to they're trying out different things and they want to get a really good baseline for Monday morning to start the real development. Sa yeah, Saturday's push is Saturday the big begins day. the big push. Yeah. And then Saturday about seven, eight o'clock, it dawns on people. We're out of time. We're out of time. We have, you know, twelve hours to get everything finished. Because we start, we start taking submissions uh, at noon, and it's due by two o'clock. Two o'clock on Sunday. Two o'clock on Sunday. It's, it's over. Time to start showing stuff. Right? right, and everybody's app's going to be shown off at the at the closing. That's right. So that's when the panic sets in, and that's <laughs> when the Red Bull comes out. Yeah. And the, so, um, but yeah, there's lots and lots of caffeine. We, so much caffeine goes through this place that we have one specific sponsor that only pays for caffeinated beverages. Uh, I think they bought ten cases of Jolt gum. Um, it's <laughs> there was uh, chocolate covered uh, espresso beans, right? And right. Huge amounts of of soda. Oh yeah, it's, uh, it's incredible, really. Mountain, I mean, truckloads of Mountain Dew have gone through this place. So sixty five charities submit. This is the first year you did eighteen, as you said earlier. So how do you choose? You know, this is probably you know, and and you know. <sighs> From my perspective, this is the hardest part because uh -huh. you know you want to help everybody. Of course. So we started off with setting a couple of ground rules. The first ground rule was we wanted them to be local organizations. Right. So we had somebody apply from a, um, I think it was a nursing home. I forget exactly. It was a, it was a place in California. 
great charity, great idea, not local to to, to Dallas Fort right. Worth. So we started there and we cut off you know ten of them or mm-hmm. something. Then we went through and we said, okay. Um, Let's gather up all that information that we've originally gotten from them and see if there's anything even remotely close to something we could accomplish in a weekend. Right. So scope is a really big deal. We've gotten everything from we need a new website, period, to a 75-page, no kidding, uh, RFP-style document that talked about integration with all these back-end systems and global positioning satellite systems and there's no way. Yeah, not going to get there. Not going to happen in a weekend, right? Five, remember five web pages and a CSS document? Yeah. So and that it, who's doing this assessment here? Do you, do you get volunteers? So we had uh, we had a handful of volunteers the first year. There were three or four of us. Mm-hmm. Um, Toy's done a great job of more formalizing that process. We call them business analysts. Mm-hmm. We give them a contact to the charity. Each business analyst this year, I think, got three or four charities to call. You call on them and you say, hey, you know, I'm calling from the, the We Are Microsoft Charity Challenge. I want to talk to you about your submission. We kind of go through it with them. And that usually gets us relatively close. In mm-hmm. this case, I think it was down to about 40 charities. Then um, a couple of weeks before the event, hopefully a month, we go through and we have the big stack rank. We all get in the room. We have lunch. Uh, we put the names and the and the stuff up on the board, and we try to stack rank all the charities. What I am most particularly passionate about is, is this a charity and a project that we can actually make an impact for? Sure. If this is an international charity with money and IT staff, and they just want you know a little pet project with some free help, that's different than you know two people that run something out of their house that helps a very special community within our our local area. Right. So we, we try to do that kind of a stack ranking and there's kind of arguing back and forth because, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to protect your charity. Everybody's got to, their favorites. Right. You yeah. know, and you're trying to get them all in there, mm-hmm. but that's usually where we end up, you know, kind of conceding. We've got to get down to 20. And this year we kept, uh, a handful extra because stuff happens, mm-hmm. right? So we actually had one particular charity drop out at the end. Because uh, something came up and they weren't able to attend the meetings anymore, right? So we we brought in an, an alternate charity. So to come and, and really, a nice thing about the stack approach is that then it depends on how many volunteer developers you get as to how many you can fill. Right. We get a few, you know, especially now that we're in our third year, mm-hmm. we get a pretty good number, at least half. The developers will sign up because they know they're going to want to participate. Right. Yeah. Then, you do have seem to have a set of regulars now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We have veterans. <laughs> um, once the charity list is posted, that's when the flood of volunteers come in because, you know, somebody might be particularly passionate about, um, you know, a, a particular type of charity right. or the, the services that they provide. So that's where get, it gets people excited. Yeah, that's you, like putting a name to a face kind well, of thing. Yeah. And you, you keep this local element very high. I mean, these are local developers working with local charities on topics that are relevant to them. So it's nice to see the developer chooses the charity he wants to work with too. Right. So when the developer signs up, we ask them besides just their name and contact and, you know, what skills they have. I'm a C sharp developer that does ASP.net. We mm-hmm. also say pick the top three charities you'd like to work with. Right. And so we try really hard to put them into the charity that they're passionate about because, I mean, that just only makes sense, right? Give somebody something to work on that they want to do. So for the most case, that works out pretty well. Um, Sometimes we have to go to second or third choices. Sometimes we have to balance teams based on skill levels. Yes. Um, 
And we also have what we call the the flying committee. Mm-hmm. Toy started that last year, and it was very helpful. Uh, we recruit local area MVPs, uh, uh, community influencers, those that are very experienced, but mm-hmm. couldn't necessarily commit to being on a team the whole weekend. Right. And they come in whenever they can, and they're sort of like the the living ask the experts table. Oh, interesting. Uh, you know, we're all sitting together at the the bar in the kitchen, and somebody walks up going. You know, we're having a problem with, you know, ASP.NET caching. Something's not working right. And one of the ASP.NET MVPs will go, oh, I'll take that one. And they'll get up and go over there and they'll spend a half an hour or whatever with them. Come back. Yep, problem fixed. They're good to go. So an expert's pool available. Exactly. uh, That way they get to participate, but they don't have to commit to 48 hours of marathon coding. Building the project, per se. Well, uh, it seems like, uh, you know, there's a fair amount of logistics that go into this, but he seems like he's covered all the bases well and, and he's had three years of practice now they made it look very very easy uh, when i was there but after three shows i guess you have enough practice you know what you're doing i'm sure it was a scramble the first time around he mentioned toy Wright. um what was her role in all of this toy was the organizer and in fact i have an interview with her as well okay let's roll that i'm sitting with toy Wright. Hi, Toy. Hi, how are you doing? So you're like the mom of this thing. Yes. And but I, when I talked to Chris, he said you pretty much had to invent how to make a give camp work too. I mean, this is your third year now. You're making it look very easy. Well, thank you. But a, a lot of work goes into the event before the event. I, I find that fascinating because, I mean, every conference has some planning here. But now you're talking months out, picking the charities and and uh, even – is there even a developer's briefing ahead of time as well? Yes. A week before the event, we had a developer's orientation so that people would know what to expect and be able to hit the ground running. Sure. Because it's so little time. I mean, only a long weekend, really. Right. You're not a Microsoft employee or anything. What do you do in your real life? Oh, I'm kind of a busy person. Yeah. I have two children, a four-year-old and a six-year-old. Cool. I run my own company. I run the Dallas ASP.NET user group, Mm -hmm. and I run the Geeks in Pink organization for women in technology. Awesome. And you're wearing pink today. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't mean much in an audio show, but you know. (laughs) Well, it's just the women are leaving technology in such droves now. and Leaving technology? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the reason I ended up starting the group was I had a geek girls dinner mm-hmm. and all these gals in their twenties came to the dinner. And a lot of them had said that they, when they were, they worked, there weren't any other women and they felt totally isolated. Right. And they were going to leave technology. They're just going to get out because they were the only ones. Yes. They didn't know that till I got out in the, into the job. Yeah. They didn't really, I mean, I'm a veteran, so I know kind of how it is, <laughs> <laughs> but it was so sad because they spent all those years getting educated and learning this and now they're going to leave. Nothing. And so they kind of pretty much begged me to start a group. So we started meeting monthly That's just cool. so that they have a support team so that maybe they won't leave technology. And if they're, if they stay, the next group of women coming in will have somebody there already and maybe we can get some traction. Trying to change the cycle. <laughs> That's totally fair. Absolutely. So I, I didn't mean to start that group. It just happened. It just worked out that way. But yeah, I love this charity event is great fun. What happened was, um, basically I have a special needs son mm-hmm. who's born with Down syndrome. Okay. And I had never known anything really about all these nonprofit organizations that are out there. Mm-hmm. And we had so much help. I mean, from the day we brought him home from the hospital, it was just, just so many agencies helping us. And when you, you know, saw what they had and went to saw their facilities, they had nothing. Right. When you're an IT developer and you're like, you know, why are you doing that that manual way? Why isn't that why are you automated? doing that the hard way? <laughs> <laughs> and I saw this, and then you know, uh, Chris Koenig 
talked about, you know, they were thinking about sponsoring an event to help um, bring charities and developers together. I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. I can do that mm-hmm. because I, like a lot of people, I have done the Habitat for Humanity sure. and I'm worthless. I, I can barely hammer a nail. Right. But I can program and I knew running the event, I wouldn't be a programmer, but I know a lot of developers. Sure. I've been programming in this market for 20 years as a software developer. So I know a lot of people and also running, I've been running a couple of user groups for the last 15 years. Right. So that you, knew, I could, you had no problem pulling together some developers to get this I done. I just picked up the phone. <laughs> yes. I had more than enough developers. I turn away developers every year. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, th- I guess the constraining factor for, for this event is the space. Yes. Just having enough room for everything. Yes. And, I, and I've noticed you have distinctive areas. I mean, there's the, the sort of bullpen area on one side of the floor there where the various teams are sitting in, in their own groups, a few of them in smaller offices. But then we also have the, the common area, the sort of kitchen space. It's a very unique space. Yeah, it's a great space. It was, you know, three years ago when we're, I was trying to decide, you know, how am I going to do this? And I put the call out because I had to get somebody to volunteer the space because I wouldn't have the budget. Right. To pay for pay space. Pay for space. And I actually looked at different configurations and it was interesting because people actually competed to be awarded the, 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 <laughs> the gig. honor, yeah, the honor of, of, of giving you the space. Yes. <laughs> I actually had a competition going. People really no wanted kidding. it. Yes, I did. But they were different configurations and it would ha- be completely different events because the configuration of the space was different. Right. And I just kind of think about how do they want the event to work. And it, and, it, and this, this is a community kind of thing. You, the, I see the charity folks sitting with their developers in sort of a huddle as they work through these various problems and they code for a while. And it seems that the charity folks come and go. And of course, they, they go into the main room every so often to get something to eat and, or to ask for help. And then we have training running continuously. That's an interesting angle on this. It's almost like you've got a session room <laughs> off to the side. <laughs> we do. And there's always something going on in there. There is. So I, I, I saw, uh, I, uh, a, a uh, tell, the Telerik guys did a, a Sitefinity class. What else we was there? We had two classes. What we had is we've had classes for developers and we've had classes for charities. Oh, interesting. So the, the, the classes for developers obviously are targeted. They're like technical. And we had .NET Nuke. We had Sitefinity. We had Mojo Portal. Right. And then for the charities, you know, it's how do you create a user? How do you reset a password? How do you create a page? Right. Just how do you use the package? Because it does seem like an awful lot of the work going on here is cms focused getting them up on a cms so that they have some way to maintain their site that doesn't involve a developer every day right and we found you know we really only have this weekend to get something that they can use right and if you start with the cms package it really makes it easier to be able to finish the project in the time allotted sure and it is not a lot of time and i talked to chris extensively about the sort of infrastructure you've put together with the tfs and the website and the hosting and so forth in the back this is not normal toy. Like this is complicated here for compared to a regular conference. You've got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about, I, where did you come up with the flying squad? Because that's an interesting angle on this as well. Well, like, well, actually, the reason I came up with that was I, I was a volunteer at the 1984 Olympics. Oh, really? And I ended up writing the access control system for the volunteers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up. Inheriting the flying squad because I needed a lot of people, a lot of staff. Right. And that's how I came up, heard about that term. Apparently that's used a lot in volunteer organizations that they have a team of people that's just very highly skilled that right. they can just give to somebody who needs a team of people. Temporarily when they need it. And these are just and guys that go and help out one of the teams when they're in they, trouble. Right. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Any other tidbits for folks talking about starting up their own give cam? Well, I would say, I mean, obviously it's worth it. I would say Mm -hmm. the first thing you do is find a location. Location is everything, right? Because 
a lot of people talk to me like they, they can't do a give camp because they don't have a location like mine. But that's not true. You can structure it in so many different ways. You just have to think about being creative. Like if you don't have a big meeting room that you can have everybody in, maybe you do it like you have separate rooms and this room over here or this is this type of charity or, or they're all using Sitefinity and this room over here is all using .NET Nuke or something. Right. And you can do it all different ways and be successful and have them, you know, the participants enjoy it. And the, the goal is to actually get the software developed for the charity. So you don't have to do it exactly the same way that I'm doing it. You can make it work if you can do four charities. You, you know, we're doing 20 because that's how many we can fit on the, this, in the space. But in a smaller space, just you could do, do fewer charities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So some people, you know, think it has to be exactly modeled after this, but that's not true. Right. Just be creative. I do think there's the angle of the developer space is quiet. And then you have another space that's noisier, that where people are chatting and that's where the food goes on and where the sessions go on because you need a quiet spot to do the development work. So. Yes. Yeah. I mean, have a, definitely you want to have a separate, whatever you do, a break area because mm-hmm. even, you know, you're serving the food, but sometimes people just need a break. Sure. And they need to talk or laugh or just get away from coding for a second. There's also some funny logistics. I mean, we were in an office building here and we're pretty much doing this round the clock for two days. There's this whole system you've got with how to get in the building after hours. So how did you figure that out? Well, that wasn't wasn't that tip difficult. I just got one of those lovely disposable phones. It's the Wham phone. Right. I put that phone number on everybody's badge. It's on giant signs by the doors outside. And if you come after hours, the doors opened at 7 a.m. this right. morning, and they were open to 7 p.m. But they will be closed all day Sundays. But most people don't actually go home Saturday night. No, they so stay through. It's not really a problem. Not a big deal. <laughs> but it's the smokers anywhere. that have to go down and get out at regularly. Yeah, and we are scheduling smoking um, breaks every hour so that they can all go down together. Right. Because, you know, it's a parking garage. They're actually the smoke breaks are kind of creepy so that they can go down together. And <laughs> so that's we're using Twitter a lot to manage that right it, now. Yeah, Twitter seems to be a big factor in all of this. Yeah. You call out the meal breaks over Twitter. You yes. call out the smoke breaks over Twitter. <laughs> Uh, we just did a photograph that we, with everybody that called out over Twitter. It's very funny how you, you hooked this up. Yes. <laughs> so it's working great. Excellent. Toy, thanks so much for talking to us about GiveCam. Oh, my pleasure. This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik, who bring you the Web UI Test Studio for Silverlight UI testing. If you've already started developing with Silverlight, you'll soon need a solid testing tool for Silverlight UI. Unfortunately, there's no good way to simulate the actual behavior of end users unless you spend days and weeks doing manual testing. But things have changed. The guys at Telerik just introduced the first point-and-click UI testing tool for Silverlight. Web UI Test Studio. Check it out. You can quickly record tests with the cross-browser recorder and enrich them with code if you have more complex scenarios. On top of that, it supports standard controls and Telerik controls. You can verify not only Silverlight, but also complex AJAX applications. And the best part, WebUI Test Studio lives in Visual Studio, so you don't have to leave your favorite development environment. Check it out at Telerik.com slash web-testing-tools. And hey, don't forget to thank Telerik for supporting .NET Rocks on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash Telerik. Well, it sounds like she has her hands full, and, and how motivated is she that, you know, with a special needs child, 
Well, and yeah, honestly, an inspirational person. She's uh, she's got her plate very, very full, and and seems to not say no very often. But yeah. uh, that place functioned on the back of Toys Direction. No two ways about it. She's quite talented, and and just the sort of person you're looking for in an organizer. You know, Chris works for Microsoft, mm. and his role very much that DE kind of role. And then Toy ultimately, I think, in a lot of ways, owns this event. She made it happen and, and knew all the right things to put together to make it go on. Yeah. So I think anybody, you know, that's why I called her mom because every event I've ever been to, there's a mom somewhere. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. There's just that person who is the go-to person. Everybody will just they're the they're the the question answerer. Right. Yeah. And, and every time there's a problem, you ask her first, and she generally tells you who to talk to to get it resolved. Awesome. Hey, did you talk to any of the developers that were there? Uh, you, you know, anybody who came and volunteered? I did talk to a few of them, but they, I want to talk to this particular one coming up next. This is Barry Stahl, and he came down to do development, but he's actually an organizer putting together a give camp in Phoenix. Huh. Okay. Let's check it out. I'm sitting with Barry Stahl. Welcome, Barry. Hi, Richard. How you doing? I'm doing well. Great. And, and you're from Arizona? From Phoenix, Arizona. That's right. And what are you doing in Dallas? Well, I came down here for, uh, for Give Camp and, uh, I'm, I'm having a great time coding and, uh, um, attending as many of these Give Camps as I can. I, uh, this is my second one. Mm-hmm. I, uh, went to the Ann Arbor, Michigan Code Camp last summer and I'm trying to get, uh, Code Camp going in, Give Camp going in Phoenix. All right. And so you're on a dev team as well. Yes. What's the charity you're working with? It's the uh, Ark of Greater Toronto County. All right. And that's, of course, local to Dallas. So, you know, our guy from, from Phoenix is not necessarily going to know much about the local uh, charity. Not about there. that. But, of course, it is a, um, it's a local chapter of a national charity. Oh, and really? a fantastic organization. I'm, I'm very pleased that I got to work on their, uh, on their website. Cool. And, and are you using a CMS tool? Yes. Uh, we're doing the uh, Telerik... Um, Sifinity. Sifinity. Oh, yeah. A tremendous, tremendous tool. Well, it's kind of crazy. I mean, building a whole website in 48 hours. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's, uh, it's a great test of our, of our, uh, stamina more than anything else. Right. <laughs> well, and I think we're, we're, not, we're not as young as we used to be and we're just looking no. for excuses to stay up all night now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's nice that there's, I'll tell you what, as, uh, as crazy as it can be, there's nothing more relaxing than just getting away and coding for a weekend. Yeah. Nothing else to focus on, but just mm-hmm. get the project done. We only got till tomorrow. You know, it's it's Saturday night now, and Sunday by what? We got to check in by noon. Uh, well, I think two is final check in. Final check in at two o'clock. That's so. Right. So yeah, we've got the the scrum board up there, and we've got the list of things. And here's our drop dead, uh, you know, drop deadline. We got to yeah. have at least these, these features. Yep. Yeah. So, what is it going to take for you to get up and running in Arizona? What are you concerned about? Well, primarily, it's uh, it's facility. The venue. Yes, exactly. Once we get the venue, I think everything else is going to fall in place. We've gotten some tremendous response from the, um, some of the development community there. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, also, you know, uh, several uh, uh, major corporations from the from the Valley of the Sun. Some sponsorship. Yes, are they're very interested in, in working with us on that. Cool. Um, the city of Chandler hopefully is going to be a big part of it. Uh, which is a, a, a suburb of Phoenix, uh, just a little to the southeast. Cool. Um, and uh, if that all comes together, I know it'll just be a fantastic event. And this is the first sort of event you've done, or are you do you run a user group or anything? I don't. I'm working with a number of the uh, uh, the users group uh, leaders in the valley. So, what got you hooked on the idea of running a give camp? Uh, well, you know, I I saw it. I I am fortunate. I work for an airline. Oh, okay. And um, 
So I have the ability to to hop around the country now and then when I yeah when the, I want at to. the airline employee rate right it's yeah. pretty fairly inexpensive free is good <laughs> um, as long as the flights are available as long right. as there's if, seats if we there's can a seat you can ha- you exactly. can have it which right. is a, a fantastic benefit I sure. love I love working for the airline and uh, uh, so I, I I saw this this give camp um, on uh, you know I'm not sure where I heard about it originally right but I got to see uh, Chris Koenig who from here from Dallas right. Um, he had a, a givecamp.org website up mm-hmm. and looked at that and saw it and knew I wanted to do this thing. Yeah. Or do, knew I wanted to participate in something like that. Cause, you know, if you think about it, uh, we all, we've all given our time at, at various times. Sure. You know, so, you know, you can be there at a soup kitchen or, you know, pounding nails into a fence or whatever it yeah. is. And, you know, I, this is great. I'm doing good work, but I could be doing so much more. I have skills that, you know, not a lot of other people have. Yeah. Pretty, a pretty rare skill. And also one that's in demand. I mean, these charities need this help. They do. They need it. And, and it's so wonderful how, you know, seeing them and seeing, especially after the event when we were in Ann Arbor and seeing what the, their responses to what was accomplished was. Sure. It was a fantastic thing. So when are you thinking about pulling us off? We're hoping for maybe, uh, April. Right. Um, this year. Yeah. Yep. So you got a few more months. We've been working on it now for about four months. Um, if we could have locked down the venue, we would have a, we'd be a lot you, further along. You'd be set. Yeah. yeah. Once you have a venue, you have a date, and then all things are possible. Yep. And we've got a terrific team put together there. Um, and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what they put together because uh, um, you know we've got a, a hospitality team that's ready to to just handle every need of the developers that are mm-hmm. there. Um, you know we've got a technology team that's there going to be working on making sure that you know the wireless network is is set up and uh, um, you know and, and going to be able to support you know 150 geeks with laptops. Right. And and same sort of thing with uh, with this event. You need a TFS site and uh, some sponsor for hosting the websites themselves. Exactly. Yeah, we'll need uh, all that. We you know there's lots of possibilities. You know, we talked about things like uh, uh, one of the things we were talking about was uh, using maybe Codeplex as a, a source control mechanism. Oh, really? So okay. Putting the projects out there. Um, you know, but that's you know there's lots of possibilities. Um. Uh, and you know, there's so many things that we're we're also you know this event in Dallas is much more Microsoft centric. Yes. Um, this one is more uh, you know any stack. Uh, so you know we'll have uh, LAMP teams and we'll have Microsoft you know you know web teams and Windows team you know Windows applications. Yeah, and I think teams. Drupal might factor nicely. In Absolutely, that as well. Drupal is definitely some of these non Microsoft stacks. WordPress, those kinds of yeah, things. No, yeah, that's a great idea just to open it up. And I guess that's why you know when I talked to Chris about GiveCamp, he said we wanted a name that wasn't platform specific so that you know, anybody could participate. So you, you're looking at building something that's going to be diverse that way. That's the intent. Yes, that's cool. All right, and we're gonna so we're gonna see this in April. I hope so. I'll have to get myself an invitation. I think that can be arranged. <laughs> that's excellent. Hey, Barry, thanks so much for talking to us. Thank you, Richard. Cool, Richard. How, are there going to be a lot of give camps? Is this something that you that you think is going to happen a lot more now? Well, if you take a look at givecamp.org, they've got a map there of all the past and upcoming give camps, and there's literally a couple of dozen of them. Huh. Uh, I think it's catching on. It's it's a fun weekend for the developers, and uh, it's doing some good. Yeah, I can see, especially in the down economy, that uh, it's probably going to play a more prevalent role in the in the community. I also see how you know teams of developers can sort of get a chance to take a break together, but still do what they like, which is write code. You know, imagine a, a group of five guys that work to all day together, and then you go in and, and you do something like this, but maybe switch the roles up. 
the junior guy runs the team, that kind of thing. You know, it's actually a really great team building exercise and a chance to experiment on a slightly different code base and maybe some slightly different rules. Like if you're not using TFS right now, you're going to get a crash education in, in what it's like to work in team system uh, doing a project like this. You, uh, you talked to Chris Koenig about that, didn't you? I, d- I did. And actually, we had a long conversation after GiveCamp was over about even running training sessions before the GiveCamp to have people up to speed on the infrastructure. You, there's a presumed level of knowledge that can really be problematic. So having people exercise that process of check-in, check-out, and just know all of that stuff, it's, it's just going to make them more productive in the 48-hour sprint of uh, building the app. Uh, the other piece of this that I found really interesting is you're running a TFS, a, a team foundation server system for the whole site. Is that, I guess, you're a developer evangelist, so the licensing on that's not too difficult for you. But do you literally set up a service just for this project? So the first year we did this, we ran into some issues around, um, you know, the problems with SneakerNet, right? Yeah. So people were kind of doing their own thing. And one of the one of the things we got requested of us was we need to have some kind of source control in place. Right. So we started talking about different options, hosting our own thing, putting up something real simple. Uh, Paul Hacker who um, runs an organization up in Indianapolis called SAAS Made Easy. He said, well, hey, I have this TFS hosting company. I'd be more than happy to offer up free hosting of TFS projects for you know two months before the event through two weeks after the event kind of thing. Right. So it's enough to get the documents up there, to get the collaboration of the teams going, mm-hmm. so everybody has a place to store their stuff. And then when they come out to the event, the team can review that stuff, they can create work items, they can use the source code control. And, so, you, and you also have a, a web server available that's part of this, so that that's where the sites actually live while they're developing them? Right. So we, uh, we were fortunate here in Dallas, we have uh, Vario mm-hmm. as a hosting provider who flew a guy out. His name is Matt Lagrat. Uh, he came out and sits on site with us and sets up hosting accounts for each of the charities. He'll help with any domain purchasing mm-hmm. or transfer. If you tell him which package you're interested in, if you have a, a package that you're going to use. Mm-hmm. The charities bought these in advance. The charities get these for free okay. from Vario. They get uh, they get hosting through Vario for a year. Mm-hmm. Um we also have uh, a, a great sponsor in DiscountASP.net mm-hmm. who's offered free web hosting to any charity that participates in a GiveCamp event uh, for life. Wow, so it's cool to get those sponsors in on it. And um, did you actually get to talk to anybody from any of the charities? I did, in fact. Uh, um, the group of guys, well, this is the next piece, is uh, a group of guys called Aid Matrix. And uh, they were participating in several levels. All right. Well, we'll listen to that now. I'm sitting with Michael and Rajesh. And uh, where, what's the company you're with? With the Aid Matrix Foundation. Aid Matrix. Okay. And this is a charity. And what is this charity about? So our our organization takes technology, uh, primarily supply chain and logistics technology, and applies it to the humanitarian and the nonprofit sector to help them more efficiently use the donations and the products that they use to do their missions. Okay. So you're a, a not-for-profit to help not-for-profits. Correct. That's a cool little business, actually. I mean, it's an interesting, 
I mean, one of the reasons this whole thing exists is that there is certain skills on to do things more efficiently that often folks and charities don't have. Right. Yeah. I mean, for most of us come from for-profit software backgrounds. Right. And saw that value, that mission of serving the nonprofit, wanted to kind of do it differently. And there really isn't a lot of groups that are nonprofits that focus on technology change in the nonprofit sector. And so, right. yeah, it was a pretty exciting thing for me personally, and I think everybody. Yeah, same to me too. Uh, so, Rajesh, were you here last year? Yes, we were here last year. And the story I heard is last year you guys were a charity getting an app, and this year you're yeah. you're still getting an app, but you've also brought a team out as well. That's correct. Um, you know, last year when I came here, it was just a great experience for us because um, what they do here is simply, um, you know, taking from what people have to people in need, basically. You sure. Know, those who have to those who are in need. Um, in real life, that's what we do in Matrix. You know, through technology, mm-hmm. um, we help connect um, those who have with those who are in need. For example, in disaster, you know, the charities are in constant need of, um, you know, services and, 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 and in-kind donations. Mm-hmm. And then we try to, um, through technology, of course, uh, we try to connect them with the donors who have surplus stuff to donate, um, um, uh, you know, based on goodwill, based on so many good things sure so, okay so th- that's why you know last year when i came here you know i, I felt that oh th- wait a minute this is what we do in aid matrix so n- next year I, re- I really wanted to bring my team here you know i explained my team about this uh, whole concept they were all very excited and 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 uh, you know they wanted to sign up and that's why we are here so so michael what did you what was the app you got built last year so last year we were working with a, a daycare group that is an association of daycare cares and they wanted a social media app so they could create basically a intranet where their parents could go or protect prospective parents could go to search for different daycares about different attributes and such and then peer network parent to parent. Oh, okay, cool. So very specialized specific area. This, you know, was this actually a, a separate not for profit that you were assisting or was it part of? Uh, yeah, almost all of our work is for other nonprofits. Okay. We very, very, f- infrequently use our own stuff it's almost always developed for our partner nonprofits. okay that's cool and so now this year you're you're back again and, and you're having a di- and have a different customer essentially that's uh, getting an app built so this year we have an application called virtual aid drive which is a drive used by a lot of the food banks domestically and other large nonprofits uh, in times of disaster to raise financial donations it's got a fun element for the donor where they can go kind of create a shopping cart of, mm-hmm. of items they want to donate see the social impact and then then you know use a credit card and and Pay offer that money right interesting um, th- we, this year the development team here is taking it and putting it on mobile for us so creating a, a mobile version for smart Phones, iPhone, BlackBerry, etc. In forty-eight hours. In forty-eight hours, yeah, pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty very cool. Yeah, and unlike a lot of charities, you have a dev team as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a, a team, Rajesh, and the team here. There's about uh, six people, and then we have product managers, support. You know, we're, we're basically a software organization in very many ways. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you're always working on software as well. Yeah. This is just an opportunity to work for some other folks. Great. Yep. Absolutely. So, so Rajesh, what's the project you're working on this year? Some of our primary solutions include the. Um, what's called the National Donations uh, uh, Network, mm-hmm. uh, Management Network, actually. Um, you know, we release several versions throughout the year, so that's a primary product that we keep working on. And then that's called Agency Express, um, and, and it helps the agencies who help the people in need to go online and shop from um, the food banks, which are so-called warehouses for them. Sure. Um, so th- these are some other projects I've been working on. Plus, 
um, as we speak, we are also um, in the process of deploying a, a warehouse solution for the for the Haiti um, earthquake relief. Right, we're um, right in the middle of the Haiti crisis now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm also helping Michael Ross uh, with a, with a warehouse solution. So, and wh- what's the app that you're building here at GiveCamp? So in GiveCamp, um, uh, we are helping a, no- a, a nonprofit called. Um, Legal Hospice of Texas, mm-hmm. um, and 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 they are basically a nonprofit who help, um, you know, the, the HIV uh, affected people, and mm-hmm. they have some pre qualification for their clients, so they they provide free legal assistance for them. Interesting. So um, we are helping to build a a, a website for them, uh, which is which is their primary front end for their donors, volunteers, and and clients. Um, so we are just giving a good facelift. For their website, that's nice. And did you guys choose this charity? No, we were assigned this charity. Okay. We, were, we came in with an open. Uh, open we're willing mind. to help yeah, whoever needs help. Whoever and, needs help, so we came with an open mind, and uh, they assigned us this charity. Interesting, yeah. yeah. It's, and, and there's such a diversity of charities here. It's a very interesting thing to sort of pick, see yes. how people are picking and choosing. Well, guys, thanks so much for talking to us. Yeah, it was nice talking to you too. Thank you. Awesome. So there you go. I mean, a, a charity group that's getting an app built and then also building an app. That's so cool. And I, I got to admit, there was perfectly ordinary developers and charities here. It seems like I, I ended up talking to all the most technical people there. But the there were charities that were literally two guys in a basement. And then there were charities that were they were local to, to northern Dallas, but they were they were old. They've been around 50 years and, you know, take care of teen pregnancy, those kinds of things. So you just, you know, you name it. It was there out of only 20 charities. You couldn't believe the diversity. So if you're in affiliated with a charity, can you just go to givecamp.org and register? Absolutely. And 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 find a givecamp to be involved in. And by the same token, if there's a particular charity you wouldn't mind helping out. I mean, you know, you noticed I asked those questions because right. most of the developers had picked the charities they wanted to work with. Right. You know, the list got published of all the charities and guys were like, "Oh, I want to help with that one." So it's a, it's very personal. Yeah. Now, um our major sponsor Telerik is involved in, and you were talking about the the Sitefinity class that was going on at the same time, right? You talked to Todd Anglin about this over the phone about their involvement with the Give Camp, right? Yeah, I I actually interviewed Todd at the event, but it was late at night, and I messed up. We were both exhausted, I think, and we messed up the recording, so I had to get him to redo it. So it's going to sound a little different, but the content's the same. Well, let's roll that now. I'm here with Todd Anglin from Telerik, and Todd, Telerik's all over this Give Camp. Yeah, we're we're doing a number of things this weekend. It's it's a very busy weekend, and we find ourselves uh, not only in the sponsors chair, but also in the team chair and the, the training chair. We're we're just everywhere this weekend. So a bunch of the, I mean, these charities are mostly building websites, and some of them are building with Sitefinity, which is a Telerik product. And, and you, correct. And Telerik donated licenses for that. Yeah, so as, as part of our sponsorship of this event, any charity that wants to use Sitefinity for their website, rather the teams building the website, have the option to use Sitefinity, and Telerik is donating a full standard license for Sitefinity to those charities. And I think more than half the teams are actually using Sitefinity as their platform, which is keeping our, our Sitefinity evangelist slash trainer busy this weekend. Gabe's <laughs> running all around, but we're really excited to see people use the Sitefinity platform for these charities. And Gabe also did uh, training for the developers as well. Correct. And he's actually done two trainings. He, on a Friday when this event kicked off, he came up and did a training for the developers, showing them how they can use the APIs, how Sitefinity is very friendly from the developer perspective. And then today, Saturday, he's actually done an additional training for the end users, so, so for the charities, because that's really the two parts of this equation. 
so they know how to take these sites and be productive creating content once we all leave after this crazy 48-hour weekend. And then the final last straw of this whole thing was you also brought a whole team up to build a site for a charity. That's right. We've sponsored this event for a couple of years in the sponsor's chair, and we've even done some training in the past, but we've never actually come put a team in to kind of be there in the moment, in this 48-hour frenzy of building a website. So we thought we'd step up to the plate and not only sponsor, but also bring up Team Telerik from the Houston office to actually build a charity's website. So we're in the thick of things. We're running on very little sleep here, trying to do our best to balance all these different uh, acts. And, and so far, we're really having a good time really building a great site for our charity. And, and what's the charity you're working with? Working for a charity called WHO, which stands for We Help Ourselves, and they're under the umbrella of the Dallas Mental Health Association. They're essentially an education and training provider for counselors who teach kids how to avoid becoming victims, uh, anti-victimization training. So sort of the precursor to dealing with stuff like sexual assault and the, and the like. Right. And they provide different sort of training. It's actually kind of an interesting charity approach because they actually sell things like DVDs and puppets to school counselors who in turn then do the trainings. So they actually sell more products. They're a little bit more like a business than a typical, let's just say, informational charity. So right. that's made our, our challenge particularly interesting to build a website that can meet those needs of a, a charity running like a business. And needless to say, you're building an Infinity. Needless to say, we're building Inside Affinity, <laughs> and because we're Team Telerik, we feel like we have to go above and beyond. So, right. so we're here going above and beyond building it. We're, we're documenting the process with videos going up to the Telerik uh, Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash Telerik. And so all that's being done. You know, we, we, wouldn't, we didn't want to leave any, any stone unturned up here. We're trying to max it out. And as long as we're only going to be operating on a few hours of sleep, why not just go crazy? Do it all. Exactly. Uh, all right, Todd. And who's all on the team? Uh, up here this weekend is myself, obviously, and then Josh is a developer support specialist from the Houston office, mm -hmm. along with Robert in the same role, and then Gabe, our Syfinity evangelist, is up here, and to help fill out our, our five-person team for the weekend, uh, we wanted to bring in our, our XAML evangelist from Boston to come down here and really pull the, uh, the Silverlight card, but uh, instead we brought up Robert's brother, Matt, from Houston, so he's coming in here to help us out. We really appreciate his help, too. Awesome. Todd, thanks a lot for talking to me. Thanks, Richard. Wow, what an awesome thing, Richard. It must have been great to participate in that. Uh, I almost felt like I missed out in that I was mostly just walking around. I got to shake a lot of hands and do a few photos and things, and, and lots of fans of .NET Rocks that were there. But uh, no, I really felt like I ought to be either helping with the infrastructure or, or writing code. I ended up stuffing bags and serving meals just to help out because wow. it, the energy at an event like that is unbelievable. These guys worked really, really hard to get a lot done in very little time. And they pulled all-nighters, lots of them. It's like geek church. Uh, in a lot of ways, yeah. You know, we, we like to do that heavy-duty geeking out. It's just that extra element of, uh, of doing some good for some folks who really need the help. Awesome. Richard, thanks for doing this. This has been a great show. Thanks. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is recorded and produced by Pwop Productions, providing professional audio, audio mastering, video, post-production, and podcasting services. Online at www.pwop.com. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers online at www.franklins, 
rocks.net. For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds, go to our website at www.dotnetrocks.com. Got a transmitter band by the FCC.